Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning. I... Good morning, good morning. It's our, first of all, our blast from the past historical moment question is what we're going to start out with this morning, thanks to Ben Harrell, the curator of PI Museum. The question is, what private investigator worked for the Council for the Senate Watergate Committee in the 1970s? Okay, what, pri- what private investigator was that? Worked for the Council for Senate Watergate Committee. Okay, answer will be at the end of the show. So, hey, are you an identity theft victim or are you concerned about someone using your identity? Today's show, Reclaim Your Name, Attacking ID Theft, um, our guest is Arthur Cantrell. He's a joint author of Reclaim Your Name, and that's a guidebook for identity theft victims. And he's going to talk about how ID theft perpetrators work, what happens to the information they acquire, recognizing the warning signs, strategies to protect yourself, and steps to take if you're a victim. Well, Art's been a private investigator in Texas for 37 years. He's chairman and board, chairman of the board and president of the Cantrell Intelligence Group. He's performed investigations all over the place, U.S., Europe, Asia, South America, Caribbean islands, and many of those involving theft and fraud. Art's also a former... I can't talk today. My... Tongue is not working with my lips. He's also a former U.S. Marine. He does hold a B.S. in marketing and radio, TV, and film. He's pursued graduate studies in his work, and he served on the Greater Dallas Crime Commission. He's held memberships in various associations, and in addition to being the author or a joint author of Reclaim Your Name, Art is a syndicated columnist. Today, Art's going to talk about how ID theft Predators work. What happens to the information they acquire, recognizing the water's warning signs, and the steps and strategies you can take if you're a victim. Welcome, Art. To good morning. How are you? I'm good, except I can't talk. <laughs> Other than that, I'm fine. All right. Well, so, we all get tongue-tied. <laughs> so, Art, you've been a PI since way back since 1974. How'd you get started? Oh, well, basically I was in the oil business and I'd gotten, uh, I'd caught pneumonia, so I was having to stay, 
quarantined in a hotel in Oklahoma City, and some of the locals couldn't find uh, uh, one man. And then since they were paying me, they said, if you're going to just lay around all day, find this gentleman that nobody can find. <laughs> and uh, on my sick bed, I found him within a day, and they'd hired other private investigators who hadn't found him at all. So I got a reputation that, hey, I'm better than the PIs. I see. Now, were you all already a licensed private investigator? No. As soon as I got their reputation, I walked across the street to the Oklahoma City Courthouse. And in those days, for $25, if you didn't have a criminal record, you could become a PI. Really? So I walked across and got a license and got started way back in the 70s. Now, had you just gotten out of the military at that point? I'd gotten out of the military several years earlier and had gone back to college and... uh, was actually working in the oil business as a lease broker and uh, troubleshooter. I see. Okay. And then you've been working as a PI ever since. Yes, ma'am. I'd hate to get a real job now. (laughs) Well, how did you become uh, interested in the problem of identity theft? Well, I think, you know, contrary to what everybody thinks, it will hit all of us. And it has hit all of us. Uh, if, if you don't believe it, I, I guarantee that most of us out there have gotten a letter from our bank or somebody that says uh, our records have been, you know, broached or breached, and, uh, you know, we are going to have to either send you a new ATM card or please be aware to watch your credit because of uh, the fact that our records have been uh, taken. And I think we've all had letters like that. Okay. But... The main thing about identity theft is uh, is that most people deny that they can be a victim. They wait until after they are the victim and are reactive to the situation. Uh, this is where they can really get in trouble. Okay. Is not being proactive and trying to protect themselves and watch what they do. Well, uh, clarify for me, will you, Art, what an identity theft victim is? Well, any person can have their ID stolen, you think you've lost your driver's license, or a credit card can be swiped twice, or simply someone write down the information and either order a lost card or just use it on the Internet. As we both know, on the Internet or other ways, you can simply uh, write down your, they ask you to write down your credit card number and the code on the back and the expiration date. And uh, many of them, they have very few secure, the sites are secure, but they can't tell if it's who's using that card. Okay. So that happens a lot. Now, please understand also that the majority of identity theft is, is committed against us by either a relative, a friend, or an associate. All right. So it, it's not that I, I'm trying to give you some kind of uh, a big, you know, conspiracy out there that there's that there are gangs out there trying to steal your identity. There certainly are professionals out there, and we all have gotten emails and, and everything else saying that we've won everything. I've won the European lottery now about 18 times. Have you really? Oh yeah, and I'm constantly getting uh, letters from attorneys in in London that want me to. Uh, uh, evidently, I'm in the royal family. And for only $2,500, I'll make sure that I can, you know, take over the throne. Mm-hmm. And people buy this stuff. Uh, another thing they need to watch is uh, getting an email from a friend uh, that is allegedly in, in London or somewhere else, and their cards have been stolen, and please help me, I can't even, you know, eat. 
please send me some money immediately, and I'll pay you back when I get back in town. Sure. And, I mean, there's just all kinds of scams like that. But the uh, the scariest and most prevalent, again, is by people we know. Well, now, what about uh, those people that uh, go down the street and pull your mail out um, or look for mail that's put out on the mailbox or look for uh, checkbooks you receive in the mail? Well, actually, that happened to my wife. Uh, she was on a trip to Alaska, and before she left, uh, she put a check in our mailbox on the street for $10 to People Magazine to pay a subscription. Mm-hmm. While she was there, someone took that check, uh, changed the name on it, but not the account number, and then was going to Tom Thumbs, which are grocery store chains, buying gift cards. Hmm. Uh, which they would exchange then for cash or sell on the black market. Sure. Uh, so she's in Alaska. Suddenly she gets a notice that uh, her account is overdrawn by about $2,000 because this person had written all these checks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it became quite a problem. Uh, even though we could prove that she was in Alaska, we could prove she did not write the checks. Or the, the checks were bogus. There was a lackadaisical attitude by not only the grocery chain, but also by the police department. Uh, I, Because I was involved in this directly, I went to the grocery store chains, showed them a picture of the man that did it, told them where he lived and what he was doing, to all, and he was doing this with many, many of their grocery store chains. Their attitude was, well, you know, we're insured, we don't really care. And frankly, the police were the same way. Well, you're insured by your bank, and uh, the grocery stores get their money, so they really didn't care. How many years ago was that, was that Art? Probably been about five to ten now. Has anything changed uh, regarding police response since then? They still... Uh, this is the frustration about a lot of it. Uh, again, this is not an, a crime that's going to get them headlines normally. So it's... Uh, it's, it's one of those crimes that uh, the police will take into effect, but they're really not going to investigate too much. Uh, the importance of the police report is for you to take care of it with your own creditors to prove to your creditors and to other people that you are not uh, the person that committed this crime mm-hmm. or wrote this check. Uh, the other scary part is there was a judge here in town whose daughter uh, was arrested uh, allegedly for having like a hundred speeding tickets. Well, what had happened? She had lost her driver's license at one point, gotten another one. Mm-hmm. And whoever picked it up uh, was using her driver's license, getting these tickets, not paying them. Even with a local judge here, it took him forty-eight to seventy-two hours to prove to the police this was not the right person to get her out of jail. So this can happen to any of us. You know how it was proven. How it was proven that who she was? It wasn't was. her. Yeah, basically by fingerprints. Okay. And uh, you know, in fact, that the, here when you have one of your district judges screaming and yelling at the district attorney, that helps a lot. That that's most of us don't have a district judge in our corner. Right. So right. you know, we have a hard time proving uh, what we did. Uh, the other sad part about identity theft is, uh, especially with some creditors. Um, until you prove it's there, they, they're coming to you to collect. Right. You are the responsible party for that credit card or, or whatever, and as such, you're the pocket they know they can collect from or ruin your credit with. Mm-hmm. 
Now, what about these um, the unsolicited credit card offers? Well, I think all of us need to understand that if we don't want that credit card, if you want it, you can certainly fill it out. I would be extremely careful. I would personally recommend that if you wish a credit card, go to the store or go directly to the American Express or Visa website that you want to to do that and apply or go to your bank and apply for a credit card right Mm -hmm. through them. You never know really who it's going to. And wouldn't you also suggest, Art, to shred those offers so somebody oh, else yeah, doesn't apply for the credit card in your name? Know, you know, shred everything. Uh, you know, anything that's in writing that has any kind of ID on you can be used. It is, you know, very simple uh, for the identity thefts, if they have any information at all, uh, to gain your Social Security number, your date of birth, last known addresses. It's very, very simple for them to do. And uh, once they have that information, then there's all kinds of scams, which... I don't particularly want to go over on the on the phone and, and suddenly give part of your audience a way to, you know, scam somebody. Right, right. But uh, there are just easy scams to get another credit card. And the other part is uh, our, I get a lot of mail from my neighbors and even people that are not even in my neighborhood that is just either stuck to an envelope the postman delivers or it has the first four digits of my home. Uh, I got my neighbor's brand-new American Express Platinum card yesterday hmm. in the mail, and it said right on the envelope, here is your brand-new Platinum right. card. <laughs> Please, you know, activate and use accordingly. So all I would have had to do was activate that card, and I could have used it for probably a month before anybody would have even noticed. All right, this is a good time for a break, Art. Attacking identity theft is our topic today. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. 
Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Private investigator Art Cantrell is here to talk about identity theft. Art has a book called Reclaim Your Name. Art, tell us a little bit about that book. Well, unlike a lot of identity theft books, this is not full of horror stories about what's happened to your mother, your friend, or anybody else. This is a step-by-step guide on how to prevent or how to uh, take care of yourself after identity theft has happened to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it concentrates on the how-to. In fact, uh, everything from... Uh, the seven steps of contacting the creditor, cancel affected credit cards, notifying the Federal Trade Commission, filing the police report, place a fraud alert on your credit bureau, and continue to organize all your information. Uh, for your investigators out there, uh, part four of the book is actually also how to uh, put an investigation together, either for yourself or for a client. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would like to encourage all investigators to have this because this has all the forms and everything in it they need to do an investigation. Well, in, you, this book is for anybody, though, isn't it? Mark? Oh, yes, ma'am. I, I would encourage everybody to have it because it's a, you're going to need some kind of guidance. Right. Uh, the real danger of, of identity theft is after you've gotten this, it takes hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars to get yourself back in, in shape. That's you have true. to prove to the creditors that uh, you're not, you are the victim here and not the perpetrator. So that takes, and, and if you're a civilian, it gets very frustrating because you don't know how to do a police report, where to pick them up, what to tell the police, and also when your creditors call, they are not going to want to believe that this is identity theft. They're wanting to believe that you owe them the money. Right. So now they've hurt your credit. You may not be able to write a check anymore. Uh, or, again, you could get picked up on some criminal action. I think the national statistics are that you spend about 190 hours on each identity theft situation trying to resolve it, and it comes to about uh, $75,000 to $100,000 as an average loss. So a $10 book is a heck of a lot easier and cheaper to be prepared. 
Okay, but your book's fourteen ninety five. You're going to give it right. Our book is fourteen ninety five. But for our listeners today and through the end of the month, uh, we have a product code, uh, which is zero two two four one one. That's zero two two four one one, which is February twenty fourth, two thousand eleven. Right. And if they will go to our website of shop dot c i g r p, which is group. That's shop.cigrp.com. Uh, they can uh, buy that right online. It's a download. And uh, purchase it for ten ninety five, as opposed to $14. And to make it easier for everybody who is interested, and so you don't have to write things down, you can go directly to uh, WWPI Stay Classified under this show topic, Reclaim Your Name, and there's a link right directly to the website where the book is. Thank you. Thank you You're very welcome. much. So it's zero two two four one one for a five dollar discount on Reclaim Your Name. Great. Uh, you know, one of the things that I would like to talk about is that people need to understand that this is again mostly perpetrated by people you know. Okay. And uh, we, you and I, talked during the break about some stories you had, and I have a story of a father and son whose father had. Re- semi-retired, but he'd made good money, and so he bought his son and daughter-in-law a house, gave it to them free in McAllister, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, without the father's knowledge, the son went out and got uh, two second mortgages on it and got himself in a position where it was being uh, foreclosed on. father didn't even, didn't even know about it. So as he became more and more desperate, he used his father's name and Social Security number more and more to get credit, buy cars, and do whatever. One day when his father went to buy a car himself, they're telling him, you have terrible credit because of all these charge-offs that he didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it took us, it, it's a very difficult situation when your son or a relative commits fraud. And when you try to prove identity theft, the police and your creditors are going to want to take possible legal action against your relative. It's a very depressing and very hard thing to do to, number one, accept the fact that your own family has robbed you and continues to do it in a blatant manner, and uh, also that uh, you may have to accept the fact in order to clear your own name, allow someone to prosecute a family member. Well, that's true, and even if they prosecute, as in the case with my father-in-law, whose granddaughter um, stole his identity, even though he was able to prove, or with our help, was able to prove that there was an identity theft situation, and even though he got most of the money charged back, um, they, he still lost quite a bit because they said he, she was a family member and she had authorized access. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. You have to prove that you didn't authorize the access. Exactly. And uh, it's very difficult uh, for a lot of people to do that, uh, both emotionally and even physically, because, you know, he says, well, my dad knew about it. He told me to do it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the creditors don't know which way to take. It's very difficult. Now, another thing that happened here in Dallas, which I want all your people to be aware of, is there is a local gym here, uh, a very big, fancy gym, 
where most of the Dallas Mavericks, some of the Dallas Cowboys, and even their owners uh, would go uh, to uh, work out. Okay. When they would check into this club, they would pay up front with their credit cards or either the monthly dues or if they wanted any extra clothing, whatever. They had a credit card on record with this gym. The intake specialist for that gym at the end of each month was charging each one of these credit cards an extra 40 to $50 a month for a candle. For a candle? For a some kind of a scented candle. Okay. Of course, there was no scented candle, but when these, you know, your credit card statement goes up to uh, wherever, and you suddenly have a, if you're a famous athlete, a $20 or $30 charge on there really doesn't set off a lot of red flags. But sooner or later, somebody did catch on the fact that uh, this lady was cheating them out of about uh, somewhere around $20,000 a month by these extra charges. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very aware, if you're going to leave your credit card with somebody, that you you are becoming very visual there and can be uh, accosted or become a theft victim. Well, and one of the things people should watch out for are, are small charges. Exactly. Because exactly. often there is a, a charge on your credit card so say for five dollars or ten dollars or seven fifty or whatever it is and you look at the, your charge and think, Oh, I must have I must have charged that. It's an it's an innocuous name, it doesn't ring a bell, but I must have done it because it's on my credit card statement. And that's and, how they you know, it, the card. And when it's a small charge like that, is it worth the time for you to go hold on your credit card, call them and try to ask about this? And chances are you're going to hold for 10 or 15 minutes, uh, or you're going to have to put in a, a disclaimer on it. And it, you know, it, for five or six bucks, most people say, it's not worth my time. So a lot of identity theft gets away with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was told by a... Um a local district attorney that prosecutes identity theft cases, that banking online is the absolute safest measure you can take. Do you find that interesting? I think as long as you are, you know, go through your exact bank and that you have a good relationship with your, with your officers, and you can put alerts on there or have them tag your account if uh, an unusual charge is, is tried to be put through. Uh, what you have to watch out is that you will get emails uh, allegedly from Chase, Bank America, Wells Fargo, which are not really from the bank. Mm-hmm. If you get an email from, uh, I got one the other day from Chase saying I needed to update my account. I don't have an account with Chase. Never have. So this was just something to try to get information from me uh, about how that, so someone could steal my identity. This is called phishing with a PH. Right. And uh, the uh, so it's it's very you have to know exactly who you're dealing with. Well, if his, you have his any point, suspicion, call them. Well, call his, them. his point, the district attorney's point, is that if you are um, managing your credit cards online and you're managing your bank account online, uh, you can go into those accounts every week, say once a week, and just review them to see if there's anything unusual, anything that that just doesn't feel right to you. Uh, exactly. exactly. Manage it that way. Exactly. And uh, it, it's a good way to do it as long as you know exactly who you're dealing with and they're on a secure site. 
So okay, let's, let's, I'm sorry. Let's, let's talk about uh, what to do if there's an identity theft issue. What are the steps? Well, the first thing to do is start gathering all the information you can uh, to prove that uh, this was not yours. If you, if you determine that, uh, that it, this was not yours, that it was not some kind of accidental charge, or that uh, you know one of your other family members didn't do it with your permission, then the first thing you need to do is call and get a police report. Okay. Uh, you can call 911, in, in Dallas anyway. They will assign a, an investigator who will call you back. So you're not going to have the police come immediately to your house. When you tell them, I am a victim of identity theft, they will assign this to an investigator who will call you back. This can take anywhere from two to 12 hours. All right. At that point, then he will take down all the information, and uh, it takes normally about 48 hours to 72 hours for that report to be ready in uh, your public data, or not public data, your public records at the police department. Most police departments will not fax or email them to you. You have to go pick them up. Uh, they are usually not very expensive, uh, just a few dollars. In Dallas, for instance, a police report like that is a dime. But it's, okay. uh, where I have to go is about 40 miles from my office to the police department. So other than the fact it takes a lot of time, it costs very little money. Sure. Hold, hold that thought. All right, more to come. Stay tuned. We'll be talking more about identity theft. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. Cali's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact Cali at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. IRB Search is simply the best online data provider for locating people, businesses, and assets. IRB Search gives you strength in numbers. With one click, you can access billions of records. Even with partial information on your subject, IRB Search instantly returns current and past addresses, phone numbers, and more. Call IRB Search today at 1-800-447-2112 to sign up. Mention PIs Declassified and you'll receive a two-week trial of 100 free searches to get started. Call 1-800-447-2112 to find out why IRB Search is simply the best. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. 
Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Art Cantrell of P.I. from Texas has written Reclaim Your Name to assist in addressing identity theft. Art, you were telling us about the seven steps that you should take if you've had your identity theft stolen. Yes, ma'am. I think everybody needs to understand that even whether you hire an investigator to help you or an attorney to help you or whatever, you're the one that still has to give us all the information, all the information about your credit, all the information about how these charges were, last time you saw your credit card, whatever. So there is still a large onus on the victim, even if you hire an investigator. Now, by going through our book, all that information is listed for you, and it makes it extremely simple and will save you thousands of hours and, and hopefully lots of money by going through our system here. So I would encourage all investigators who have clients that might have identity theft and certainly anyone in the general public to be proactive and have this available and read it before you become a victim. Mm-hmm. It's always better to be proactive than have to react. Sure. Uh, Governor Bobby Jindal said it best. He said, luck is no strategy. Okay. <laughs> and basically a lot of us require or think it will never happen to us. It's happened to my mother. It's happened to my wife. My sweet little mother is 86 years old. Oops, she may be 85. I may be in trouble here. Uh-oh. And uh, she was called uh, on by Discover uh, in Holdenville, Oklahoma, that she had just bought a new Harley-Davidson hog in, in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. And she didn't do that, huh? No. She says, you know, I've got my little, my little around-the-house scooter here, and that's good enough for me. So <laughs> thank goodness they called her, but someone had gotten her Discover card and had tried to charge a Harley-Davidson on her several thousand dollars in Little Rock, Arkansas. So anybody can become an identity theft victim. And just because you, she was lucky and they called her uh, does not mean that uh, that's a strategy. Don't, sure. don't, require, don't rely on your luck. So first thing you should do is get a police report number, correct? Yes, ma'am. Once you pick it up, all, all the creditors are going to require that. Have you filed a police report and we need a copy of it? Mm-hmm. If you're going to hire an investigator or someone to help you, they'll require a power of attorney uh, giving them the right to talk to your creditors. Okay. The biggest roadblock you're going to find on it is getting information from your creditors. Uh, as many people know, if you've gone to a car lot or a any place and for some reason you've been turned down for credit, 
they'll say, we can't tell you why, but there's something on your credit bureau. Uh, so it's very difficult sometimes to get information on exactly what has hurt your credit. Now, Art, is it um, in some locations, some police departments have a threshold amount that they will handle on an identity theft situation. Have you run into that? I've run into that in some cases. Uh, the most problem I have, again, is, is more apathy because this is such a huge problem and that the police departments don't have the manpower or really it's a problem that has to be handled within yourself. Uh, once you get them, it's more like you do all the police work and then bring the bad guy to us, then we'll determine if he's worth prosecuting. Well, and often it's also cross-jurisdictional, correct? Oh, yes, ma'am. If, if I lose a credit card in Dallas, Texas, and the first time you use it is in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the jurisdiction's in Albuquerque, New Mexico, not in mm-hmm. Dallas anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that's another problem you have is who is the jurisdiction. And our book specifically tells you how to handle that and how to take care of that. Sure. Now, companies can certainly be part of identity theft also. Uh, as you know, Francie, there is what's called the fraud uh, triangle, uh, which basically is on one corner it says opportunity, at the top is pressure, and on the other corner it says rationale. So people are, are under pressure. They have bills to pay. They, they have addictions. They have things. So they're under pressure. They need money. Mm-hmm. If they're in your company or in your house, maybe they see the opportunity to either steal some money from petty cash uh, take some checks out of the company checkbook, take checks out of your checkbook, or steal a company credit card. Mm-hmm. Now, they're going to rationalize this to themselves that, oh, I'm just borrowing this, I'm going to pay it back, or, you know, I, I, I was going to lose my house, or I was going to lose my car, the, my lights were going to be turned off, and I really am too embarrassed to go ask the boss and tell him I need a, you know, a raise in pay or even, a, a you know, some kind of temporary loan. People are embarrassed about their situations, and they rationalize the fact that it, this is just kind of an, a secret loan. I'm going to pay it back. So there's a lot of pressure out there, uh, especially in this economy now with people losing their jobs, to um, do some really untoward things. Right. Well, there's so many ways um, people can get access to your information. Uh, you know, shoulder surfing, like looking over your shoulder when you're at the ATM. Or dumpster diving, you know, you're putting, if you're not shredding your information, they can get it out of your trash. Uh, you know, the old-fashioned way, like stealing your wallet, that still, still works. Well, you know, so many of us either forget to lock a car or my wife is famous for opening her purse in the grocery store and then walking about two aisles around to go get a jar of pickles or something Yeah, and leave, yeah. The, leave her purse in the, in the bag uh, unattended. So yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of thefts that way. And whether they steal it or not, they can certainly have a few seconds to write down the numbers they want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and, it, I mean, and it used to be, I, I guess it still works, you could uh, forward somebody's mail to a new address. That is one of the scams they use for big credit cards. Yeah, yeah. That is one of the scams they use for big credit cards and or calling in and saying that they've moved and please send the new credit card to this address. I'd love to use it, but it's in the bottom of a box somewhere. Right. Right. There's, all, there's all kinds of ways to get it, and it's very easy, especially with the Internet now. There's lots of people out there that will provide information. That well, really and, and another way is um, if you're at a restaurant or 
purchasing something where they take your credit bar, credit card back to another location where you can't see them. They could take a photograph with your cell phone. Or simply swipe it twice. Or swipe it twice. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have done that uh, very much all the time. And a lot of times they will keep your credit card if you're running a tab or something until you leave the restaurant. So that gives them lots of times to do whatever they want to with That's it. That's true, too. So and, they, so uh, ATM cards are really bad about that because now they have direct access to your bank account. So people should contact their creditors right away after yes, they get ma'am. the police report. Yes, ma'am. Then, then they should cancel their accounts. Right. And then what's well, next? While you're waiting on, your, on getting the police report is when you should be doing a lot of this, such as contacting your creditors, cancel the uh, accounts, and, uh, you know, place a fraud alert. You can do a lot of that while you're waiting on getting the police report. And as soon as you get that, then you can fax or however they want it, and they will send you an affidavit. Normally, your creditors will fax you or send you an affidavit to sign that this is indeed identity theft. And how do you place a fraud alert? You call your credit bureaus or you write to credit bureaus and, and tell them that, uh, again, you have been a victim of identity theft and you want a fraud alert, which means basically that uh, you have to show your driver's license or some kind of ID uh, to uh, when you use your credit card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it becomes kind of a, maybe a pain sometimes, but it's better than having to get new credit cards all the time. And, you know, there's just all kinds of little ways that you can do that. Uh, And personally, I I appreciate it when they check my ID to make sure they know who they're dealing with. Right, right. Okay. And then um, do you notify the Federal Trade Commission? You do notify the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, I would do this as a, not a last resort, but after you start gaining, you know, again, you got to start putting all your information together and start building a package because this is going to be like putting a case together, uh, Francie. It's, it's, you've got to get all your evidence together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you don't have it together, then you're just wasting your time, and the police are not going to give you any credence, nor are your creditors. But if you have your, your case together with all your evidence, and you can basically inundate the police and inundate your creditors with all the proof, you can get this done a lot quicker. But that's where the 190 hours comes in and the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, uh, again, by using a book like ours, uh, you can have a step-by-step guide, including the forms and letters and everything included in our book, that will save you thousands of dollars and lots and lots of time. Okay. And so, tell me what would be a big red flag warning sign if you were running a company and and somebody was one of your employees was taking identities? A big red flag would be suddenly if this employee is suddenly driving a new car. Okay. Or suddenly that uh, who in the past has had kind of just mediocre clothing suddenly shows up dressed uh, and dressed like, you know, to the nines or something. Uh, an attitude change from kind of down and depressed to almost gleeful and happy. Uh, you know, there's several things. Uh, the body language of uh, if if you suspect that there's been some theft out of your petty cash or somebody stolen a check, uh, the the body language of not looking at you when they talk to you, and as you and I have been trained for how to, do, to look at body language, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of red flags there, and and HR departments and and security departments in companies uh, need to look for those red flags. Uh, again, you know, if you're going to steal a check from a company, 
uh, unless you are the accountant themselves, pretty soon there's going to be some kind of checks and balance to see, you know, balancing the checkbook somewhere or other. And when a, when a check comes back that's out of, out of line, uh, that's a red flag. Seems like um, whether it's an individual, your household, your company, if you see something amiss, don't ignore it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, you don't have to be paranoid, but they may be after you. So. Okay. Are there some uh, other websites that they can co- they can look at for uh, assistance besides your book? Yes, ma'am, there are, and I would like to talk for just a minute about some of those websites and some of the services you hear on on the radio sometimes. Uh, understand that a lot of these services that uh, state they'll monitor you and will give you an insurance for identity theft for twenty or thirty dollars a month uh-huh. are, are basically being. Uh, very reactive. Uh, they're trying to show you that uh, there is a problem in this and that and the other. Uh, you are not going to get a check for a million dollars from one of these people for identity theft. You, again, still have to go back and, and help them prove that it's identity theft. And in that case, you might get some uh, money from them as far as uh, time off work or, or something like that. But you're not getting a million dollar check from these people just because no. you had identity right. theft. Okay, we have to take a break, Art. Attacking identity theft is our topic today. Back in a couple minutes. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. 
would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. I'm here with Art Cantrell talking about Reclaim Your Name, Attacking Identity Theft, um, but first, before we get back to art, we need to give the answer to our blast from the past moment. And the question was, what private investigator worked for the council for the Senate Watergate Committee in the 1970s? Who is that, Art? I believe it would be Hal Lipset. That's right. It's none other than San Francisco PI legend Hal Lipset. Hal was a PI for over 50 years. He died in 1997. He was famous for much and his escapades were often discussed in a column in the San Francisco Chronicle. He's widely known for his book, or he was featured in the book, called The Bug in the Martini Olive by Patricia Holt. And quoting from the book, Patricia Holt says, Hal is a cynic who really is an idealist, a deductive reasoner, a former cop who is wary of the system, a loner who works outside the law. Hmm. Hopefully, private investigators aren't still working outside the law. Heaven forbid. We're as ethical as used car salesmen. <laughs> well, I think that... Uh, a little better, hope. By and large, private investigators are ethical, and they do work uh, within the boundaries of the law. And so, anyway, thanks to Ben Harold of PI Museum for the information about how upset. Um, so, Art, right, back to identity theft. You were talking about some uh, things you'd like to add uh, for our listeners. Well, I think it's very important for people to understand that they need to be uh, proactive as opposed to be reactive. By being ahead of the curve, uh, you can save yourself lots of time and grief and money. Uh, we have kind of a sage saying here in Texas about being ahead of the curve. It's better to lead the parade than follow the horses. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that people you know, need to not deny it's ever going to happen to them and then wait till something happens. But, again, uh, take advantage. Buy my book, go to websites, do whatever you can uh, to uh, be ready and be prepared. And on the FTC website, which is www.ftc.gov, FTC, FTC, see, I still can't talk, mm-hmm. All right. FTC.gov, um, there's a checklist, 
And also there's another website called the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse, which is an excellent site to uh, assist with ID theft. And the FTC website also can handle uh, complaints against collection agencies. If you do become a a victim of identity theft, a lot of times you will get a lot of harassment from collection agencies that have bought this debt from someone. Uh, Again, the same process goes, proving to them that this is identity theft, but they can harass you uh, just trying to get you to pay to get them to go away. The FTC site also has areas there that you can form form complaints against collection agencies. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you know what? Um, I wanted to mention, too, Art, something that you and I were talking about privately, that you're recommending that people also hire somebody to background them. If they're having trouble getting a job, if they're having trouble um, doing all kinds of things, they should actually run a background on themselves. Yes, that's another one of our services. We call it integrity analysis. Uh, basically, before you go apply for a big job or anything else, uh, if uh, if you will run a background on yourself through one of our services uh, or anybody's service, then uh, you can determine not only, and this is not about credit, okay? This is about civil, criminal actions. Uh, this is about finding out if there's something bad on the Internet. Uh, what we found in a lot of people is, especially with the divorce rate, sometimes the ex-husband or the ex-wife can say something totally wrong, but it gets on the Internet or on Google that, you know, he was accused of stealing stuff from his last job. Well, an HR department can pick that up. They do check Google now, and they will try to check you out through the Internet. If you know that this is on there, then you can be... Uh, able to take care of it before you ever go into the interview and say, don't pay attention to Herb over here. That's my ex-husband. He's just mad. Or uh, the other thing is that uh, a lot of times, if you have any kind of a common name, Smith, Davis, Anderson, there may be a criminal record for someone with a sound-alike name, mm-hmm. but it's not you. Mm-hmm. And HR departments can turn you down saying, no, you said you had no criminal record, but uh, you know we find you lied on the application. But they won't tell you what they found because of privacy issues. So now you're sitting there in the dark saying, I don't have a, a criminal record, and but you've lost that job. So if you can go in and say, okay, Mike Anderson, this is me, that's not me that has a criminal record, mm-hmm. you, you're just way ahead of the game. That's a good suggestion. I, I had a case that was very similar to that with a woman that uh, um, she was told she had two weeks. She'd already gone to work for the company. Of course, they do the backgrounds after you, often after you go to work for the company, contingent on the background. And she went to work there and was given two weeks to clear her name because something had come up through a, a background screener uh, company. And uh, it turned out that there was uh, felonies in another state that she had never been in her life. And we were able to work through it and, and get her out of that situation. Maintain our job. And a lot of times uh, there are federal, if the SEC, for instance, looked at a company you were working for, even if they, the the indictment or the investigation may be listed on Google, but if they find you innocent, they don't list that. So you you can find out that you're being investigated. People say, well, he's under investigation by the SEC. But what they don't tell you is that that, uh, he was found innocent and there was no action taken. That's what the problem you have. Sure. Sure. Unfortunately, identity thefts last a long time because you it keeps coming back to haunt you in various places you 
aren't <laughs> that you can't imagine. Okay. Well, if I can, one more time, I'd like to encourage people to buy our book, uh, Reclaim Your Name. Uh, we do have a discount for you, and as Francie said, we have a code that's on her website. It is today's date, 02-2411, and we will, you know, you can buy our book for only ten ninety-five. That's about two gallons worth of gasoline now. So that could be a, a I encourage all investigators and anybody out there that they should have this as just a manual for protection. Thank you so much, Art, and thank you for being on the show today. Well, thank um, you, Francie. I enjoyed it. I appreciate that. Uh, today's featured expo- sponsor, by the way, is the Brownyard and Program Insurance, a company who specializes in insurance for private investigators and security professionals. They have excellent coverage and competitive rates. A link to their website is also found at PISDeclassified.com. Uh, next week, my guest will be private investigator and author Melody Irmachild. Melody Irmachild went to Afghanistan uh, between 9-11 and the beginning of the war and researched um, a woman called Mina that she calls Mina the heroine of Afghanistan. She'll be with us next week. That's it for today, folks. Uh, it's PIs Declassified. Tune in as we declassify more real stories from real investigators. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to PIs Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.